Listening Dog Media. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. He's one of England's most capped international players. Seaman is the man here. He's one of the world's most decorated goalkeepers. And it's somehow kept out by Seaman. That is a fantastic save. This is Seaman Says with David Seaman. And Seaman, what a magnificent save. Hear him. Breathtaking. Like never before. Hello and welcome back to Seaman Says with me, David Seaman and Lindsay Hooper. Today's guest earned 77 caps for England, including captain in the side of the World Cup. Please welcome Terry Butcher. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, David. Hello. Where are you? I can't see you. There you are. <laughs> how are you, mate? I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. No, thanks for coming on, pal. <laughs> no problem. You've always got that smile on your face. I don't know if you if you have to have it surgically removed sometimes. <laughs> it's infectious, isn't it? It, it brightens oh up your day. You want to spend oh time with David. There's, there's been a couple of times when it's not been there. No. <laughs> you, haven't got, you haven't got the ponytail still, have you? No, that, that went ages ago, mate. That was, um, yeah, that <laughs> went a long, long time ago. Went, went for charity. Yeah. Went for charity. Oh, brilliant. Oh, that's great yeah. stuff. So you're keeping all right? Yeah, doing, doing well. Doing well, mate. Yeah. Still, what what still, are you up to? I'm doing 
no, not a lot. Speak to people, send them to sleep and all that sort of stuff. And <laughs> after dinner speaking sort of engagements, but I'm, I'm like semi-retired more than anything else. And it's quite nice. I can do whatever I want to do whenever I can. So it's lovely. Yeah. One, one of my one of my best memories of you, Butch, was, um, I don't know whether you remember this, when Liverpool played Arsenal, uh, Arsenal won the league up there, right? Do you remember where you were? I was in Scotland. Yeah, I was there as well. Yeah. <laughs> we were all watching it, weren't we? Because we, we were a part of the England squad. We were waiting for them lads to come and join us. Yeah. And I remember, I, this is, <laughs> I remember like when, when Tomo scored that goal, all I could hear was you running up and down the corridor going, you effing beauty. <laughs> yes. yeah. Well, the reason for that was because we were in Scotland and Graham CDS was my manager and he was on about <laughs> Liverpool winning the title and all this sort of thing. So I thought, well, you know, get it up yours, you know, it was great, you got feeling, it was lovely, it was really nice. And for Arsenal to do that as well, defy all the odds, was absolutely phenomenal, it really was. Yeah, you know, but I just, I just I always remember that, you know, but then the other thing that I remember is like, is, is like how much passion you had when, because you all went up to to Scotland, didn't you? The, yeah. The yeah. English invasion. How, how many players went up there? Because you were the first, weren't you? No, I was, I was a third. It was, oh, uh, was Mark, yeah, Mark Falco was the first, Bilko, right. he was the first, and then Chris Woods went up in 86. And I knew that he'd gone up to Scotland and when Sunes came in for me, because I was up for sale because we got relegated that year because bloody Arsenal lost to Oxford 3-0 on the last day of the season. So, yeah, they sort of condemned us to, to relegation. But he, he came for me and I, I thought, well, let's have a go. If, if Woodsy and Mark Falco are going to um, stake their sort of reputations on going up there, let's have a, let's have a look at this. And it, was, it worked out really, really well. But I'm, another thing for that night in, um, in Scotland when Liverpool lost to Arsenal... That night, I found out that my wife was pregnant <laughs> over the third night. So we went out. You didn't come out with us. We went out uh, as right. we had to do, and we had a right good few beers as well. So, <laughs> but that was only, uh, I, think was, I think that was a Wednesday. So we were okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd only just made my debut. So I was like, I was staying out of trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, then we actually beat, we actually beat Scotland. 2 nil on the Saturday as well. So what a, what a week that was. It was unbelievable. What was that like for you throughout your career? Because you spent so much time in Scotland. So when England duty comes round and then we know what the rivalry can be like, were you given absolute pelters up there? <laughs> to be fair, you don't know what the rivalry are like. It's, it's unbelievable. Because just underneath the surface in Scotland is uh, uh, anti-English. It's, it's really just there and it doesn't take a lot for it to surface and particularly any sporting occasion um, like the rugby or, or football or whatever <clears throat> and it comes to the surface and they, they're really they're poor, really proud of their country and they hate us when it comes to these, these matches. I, I got on really well with the Scot Scottish people and you've got to give as good as you got and you have to like have a go back. If they took the mickey out of you, you took the mickey out of them and they, they respected that. But I, we loved it in Scotland. We really did. And the, the people were so nice and so friendly. And sometimes you think they're too friendly. What do they want? You know, they're being a bit too forward and all that sort of thing. <laughs> a bit sneaky. Yeah. No. And I, I, there's one, I always remember this one incident when I was with England and we first went up to Scotland in 82. And Emlyn Hughes was in the squad. God bless him. He was in the squad. And we had the bus ride from the hotel to uh, Hamden. And as we're nearing... Uh, to Glasgow, there was there was a collection of pubs around this area and the traffic stopped and we had a police escort, but it had to stop. And this guy came out in a kilt and put tartan everywhere. 
and he was absolutely hammered. He was steaming. He was really drunk. And she saw the team bus, England team bus, and saw us on it. And he just, he came up, ran up to the bus and headbutted the bus. There's only one person that came off badly in that, I presume. (laughs) He headbutted the side of the coach. And then what a row it made. And then he fell backwards. He knocked himself out. So whether he saw the game game or not, I don't know and I don't care, but we won 1-0 as well. So it was great. So it was it was a it was a it was a big thing in Scotland and, and I played at eighty seven and drew nil nil and I played in eighty nine at Hamden as well and it was it, the pressure was on because if if Scotland beat us on those two occasions I would have got absolutely slaughtered I mean I got a bit of stick anyway but I would have got a lot more so thankfully we won. But Gazza always tells me he tells me the story about when obviously after Euro ninety six and he scored his his mega goal against Scotland. Um, that when he went back to the when he went back to Rangers, he said that he just when he went to see all the lads, he just walked into the dressing room like really quietly and just sat in the corner just to see what sort of reaction he'd get. I can't imagine you doing that. <laughs> no, no. Well, I used to I, I used to train at Rangers. I had a, an England sweat top. I sort of pinched it from the training, you know, with the the wet top with the three lines on it. Yeah, I used to, yeah. I used to, I used to wear that for training every day and I got absolutely, <laughs> but I loved, I loved it because I was proud of my country and, you know, so I called it missionary work, working in Scotland. So it was a case of trying to spread the word that England were better than Scotland, but they, they obviously never believed that. But I, I actually, that, that day I had a, I was an owner of a hotel in Scotland. I was, I was like Basil Fawlty in Scotland doing some work up there. And we had, we had guests in the evening when, when um, you saved the penalty, you saved the penalty, didn't you? You yeah. saved the penalty, and I'm running around the lawn on my, on my hotel, shouting, Seaman, 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 from my hands up in the air. And I'm all... so anyway, we, we had the evening service. We had, we had a restaurant. It was a nice restaurant. Um, and a lot of the boys, a lot of the men came in, and they had all cuts and bruises. And I thought, oh, no, have you met some English fans? And they said, no. They said they were in the pub watching the game, and lots of people were in the pubs. And when Gazza scored, all the Rangers fans, because he played for Aussie, he played for Rangers, all the Rangers fans were like, oh, what a goal, what a great goal that was. That's Gazza. And they started to clap. And of course, all the, the non-Rangers fans didn't like that because they thought they're having to go at the country. So a battle ensued and everybody sort of... Never liberal. Gazza caused carnage as well up, up in Scotland. Unbelievable. You mentioned about giving as good as you, you got. And that's something that... I, I didn't follow your career at the time, Terry, but I, I've certainly been made aware of it since. Um, and it seems to have followed you around. That's what you were like on the pitch. So can you give us some examples of giving as good as you got when you were playing? Well, I mean, I was a physical sort of player and it was a physical age in those days. You could get, the, you know, the first the first tackle was a free-for-all. You know, you've got, you got a free pass. And then if you made a, that tackle again, you probably got a yellow card. <laughs> but, it, you know, you, you had a free belt at the, a free smack at the, at the centre forward. But, you know, it was, I, I, I was never vocal on the pitch. I never I never said anything on, on the pitch. I just let, you know, my kicking do the talking sort of thing. <laughs> I got stuck in. But you know what? You know what I'm like, Dave, in the dressing rooms yeah. and all that beforehand. And I hated I, I, I hated playing at Wembley against Scotland when all the Scottish fans came down and you know, bless them, they're they're fanatical and they were, you know, it's, the Tartan army is immense, it's unbelievable. And when they came down, they took over the place. And I hated that because I always used to say, didn't I, that this is our home. No one comes into our home and takes anything away. This is our kingdom, it's our game, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. 
You know what I was like? I, was, I remember I, that now. <laughs> I was probably talking to myself all the time, but anyway, and and I would do that. And it was, it was, you know, and I think when you play against Scotland, all the frustrations and all the insults that you've had over the years, they come to the come to the fore. But you've got to be controlled. You've got to be disciplined. But that doesn't half drive you on. Didn't half drive me on as well. But you used to walk down the street and people would give you a stick and people saw you at the petrol station. It was nothing like England. Um, you know, the superstars would get it now. I think Premier League players would probably get it if they filled their car up with petrol. But nowadays they've got people to fill up the car for them. So <laughs> there we go. But in our, in our day, it was, it was a case of, well, wherever you went shopping or petrol stations or whatever, you're always spotted. And, you know, people used to say good or bad things. And, you know, if they were bad, you had to take it. You had to take it. There's not a lot you could do. What do you what do you make of the uh, the England crop now, Butch? Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited about the squad that he's got. I mean, you know, with the exception of possibly the centre halves and and um, other than Pickford, you know, who else is coming through as a goalkeeper? You know better than me. But you know, the rest of the positions are really well covered, and there's an exceptional, uh, exceptionally talented squad there that he can he can bring on players. He can change the game a little bit like Eddie Jones does with his with his. Um, you know, he call them substitutes. What does he call them? Finishers. I think he calls them finishers. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a lot of players that can finish as well when it comes to scoring goals. So yeah. I'm really excited at watching them play. Centre, centre backs. I think. Well, you know, there's still room for improvement, but you know, hopefully we can get that sort of sorted out a little bit before the World Cup. I only remember the, the very end of your playing career, but in terms of what Gareth Southgate's done in getting the media back on side, because that's that's a huge part. When you were managing as well, you would have watched all these England managers come and go. And from when you were playing, and it was also open, and uh, I mean, I even imagine you didn't even have escorts or anything like that, like they do now. Um, and it and it made that divide between the fan didn't it? The average fan and the player much bigger. Were mm. you delighted to see that go back somewhat to what you remember under Gareth? Yeah, very much so. And I think as well, David would know as well as me, when you came to England and met up with the, the England players, now it's St George's Park, we used to be West Lodge Park, or we used to be Burnham Beaches, all this sort of thing. On you the left crest it, at High Wycombe. On the crest <laughs> at High Wycombe, yeah. <laughs> That was a recipe for disaster. That was, <laughs> you, you, didn't, you didn't need an, uh, an escape tunnel to get out. You just there was like a conveyor belt to the nearest pub. It was unbelievable. And so uh, I've forgotten where I was now, David. What you what you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> just in, in the the change of approach now and and the, the oh, chasm yeah, yeah. between the fans and the player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there's two facets. I mean, the, the England one is is now. Um, England players, you know, they, they leave their club badge at the at the door, which is what we did at the hotel. Um, they they you can sit. We used to sit with anybody. You know, there wasn't some person you would say, "I don't really want to sit with him" or "I don't like him." He plays for for a rival club. You sat anywhere, any any table, any players. They sat together. There was no fixed seating or or stuff like this as there normally is. So we 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 had that, and then uh, up in Scotland in particular, we we always had to go to supporters clubs. At the, towards the end of the season, you got a player of the year from the club, and there's lots of clubs in, in Scotland, lots of supporters clubs. So you had to go and you had to attend a dinner, and, and some Saturday nights I was doing three dinners a night because not because I was winning a lot of trophies, but because you you know you, you did a sort of circuit, and 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 then the, the supporters clubs would come to the stadium and present their trophy before games, which you, you would never get. But I think with Gareth in particular now, he's got players. Players are willing to go out and, and meet people, and there is a now a, a friendliness between the England squad and the players because 
everybody's in it together and we're all fans. We all want to win. And I think that there was a big distance, as you say, and that was detrimental to, to the support from England. But look, you know, like the Titan Army, England support is incredible. I've got a lot of friends who follow England all around the world and do everything. And, you know, they're a credit. They really are. Do you both think that Premier League clubs could learn something from that and from Gareth? Because I, I think the walls are up a little bit around Premier League teams if you're an average punter um compared like if we even take the women's game and how long they stay out and meet and greet the fans and and I know that it's probably not comparable because of the numbers you wouldn't be able to do that for as long and maybe there is a safety risk but but do you think that there is more that can be done rather than it feeling like these Premier League superstars who are untouchable that hardly any of us get to really see much of I I I think that yeah that a lot of the a lot of the foreign players could can take a leaf out of Gareth, but you know, because whenever you watch, if you have, whenever you see any England player doing an interview when he's with his club, they're all really comfortable with it. You know, so Gareth obviously put some sort of like confidence. Like you, you'll know better than me, Lynch, because you, you get to interview these guys. But I, I, when I see it on TV, I feel that the English guys are really good mm. on TV and they answer the questions. They're not afraid. You know, I don't know whether, whether it's a language thing with the other guys, but they always seem guarded, the other guys. They don't seem to be as confident in front of camera. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I think that's very true. I, I even think some of the English guys are, are guarded as well, but they've been probably told that by, by their PR people. So, yeah, you've, you've got to be so, so careful of what you say. Managers in particular say the same old things all the time or, or, or they have this sort of blindness when it comes to incidents on the pitch after games. It's quite remarkable, all like Pep. Guardiola go for a shower so we never saw the replays and yeah, amazing isn't it it's really unbelievable yeah. perhaps they should go to Specsavers or something like that but no <laughs> but no, I've, got, I've got to ask you what what is your favourite England experience I'll ask, ask you two questions your favourite and your worst favourite England experience yeah I think every game um I played and every time I met up with England squad, it was something special to be with the top players in the country. It's something as a, as a kid you aspire to, you'd love to get to, you, you yeah. never think it's going to happen. You never think well, I can, I can, you know, that's what I want to be. You just hope. And when you get the breaks and when you get the opportunities, you've got to take them obviously, but you get there. And I, I felt a bit like imposter syndrome. I felt always when I went with England that I shouldn't be there, that there's people better than me that should be there. That's what I always thought. Um, and it was a case of me then saying, well, no, I'm here. I've got to prove it now. And I had to prove it to myself first and then yeah. to everybody else. So that was that was a, a good motivational tool in many respects. But I, I mean, the highs. I mean, were you, with this, were you with us in Belgrade when we beat Yugoslavia 4-1? Were you in that I don't game? I think so. No. No. No, you weren't. That was 87. That was you weren't even born then. So, I mean, no. <laughs> I made my debut in 88. 88, yeah, 87. <laughs> I mean, that's that's about from when I can start remembering 88. <laughs> <laughs> we, had to, we had to go to Yugoslavia and qualify for Euros in 88. And um, we went there and um, the Yugoslavia just needed a point to go through, I think it was. And we went there and we beat them 4-1. Four, four and they had yeah. some great players, actually, Yugoslavia, oh, didn't they? I mean, I was out in China recently working out there and Dragan Stojkovic played in that team. And I tried to mention the game to him, but he just didn't bother answering. But <laughs> <laughs> it still hurts. The best, best thing about that game was was when we... I, I love the I love walking out on the pitch. I love I loved being in the tunnels and all that sort. I love them. You know what I'm like. I loved all that. Yeah. And I, Tony, Adams and, Tony Adams and me at the back of the team. 
was going out and we we had a, the Belgrade was there's the pitch so sort of down there and then the stadium uh, opened up was in a big bowl and the dressing rooms on the top so you walk down to the stadium and then there was a corrugated iron tunnel and we were halted because the Yugoslavs are going mad with the flares and all that sort of thing as well so we had to we, we so we're getting bored here we like one minute goes by two minutes goes by so I think come on come on we want to get out there and then and then I, I accidentally banged the side of the tunnel and it, it booms boom. so I, I then and then everybody looked around at me and I thought and I thought, oh, that's pretty good. So then I went, boom, 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 <laughs> like this. So then everybody's looking at me thinking, what's he doing? And I was going, England, England, England. I was bang, bang, bang. And of course, Tony, big Tony behind me, he says, more in front of me, he just says, oh, that's good. And he went bang, bang, bang. So the whole England team was doing this down the side of the tunnel. And you see the faces of the Yugoslav players. They were petrified. They like, what the hell is this? And we went on the pitch, and within 20 minutes, we were 4-0 up. 20 <laughs> minutes, 4-0 up. Uh, that's what I really miss. I miss things like that where it's not you must much have an influence, but it, it's just sticks in your mind because, you know, it's it's what you want to do. You're so proud of playing for your country. You want to show it. Yeah. And it sometimes, as you know, David, it's it, that passion and that feeling, it's very hard to subdue because you have to you have to control it and control it the best you can. Yeah, yeah, you've got to. I know what you mean. You've got to. You've got to. You've got to get yourself right up there, but then not go too far. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? you know, because you've got to get yourself right up there and then be able to perform. Yeah, you know, and that's absolutely. that's. Yeah, because I mean, I see, I see, like Joe Hart. I remember Joe Hart, but he, he got really wound up before the game, and you could see the passion. Yeah. He, yeah, you loved. I loved all that, but then it affected him on the pitch, and he became rigid, and he became stiff, and he became yeah. too wound up. So. You know, if you wind the toy up too much, it'll break. So I think not so much Joe Hart broke, but he was very rigid. So you know, you, know you, you have mean. to control it. And I think I think playing for England, we had so many characters in those days, didn't we? There's um, a phenomenal amount of characters, all club captains virtually, and, and it was a lot of experience. So I yeah. remember, I remember when I first joined, and like exactly what you said, Butch, about you you don't feel like you're good enough. You know, yeah. and I and I joined, and there was people like you. There was Brian Robson. There was Glenn Hoddle, Ray Wilkins, Steve Anderson, Shills, yeah. Piercy. You know, and I and I remember playing. I was in a training game, and um, and I and I've done my training with Mike Kelly, Shields, and Woodsy, and that lot. And then me and Woodsy oh, came rebound, over. Rebounds, Kelly. I know yeah. exactly. And then <laughs> and so we came over, and we were in this like eight v eight, you know, game as you know, short sided game that we we always used to have. And uh, and Glenn Hoddle got the ball, and he was about twelve yards out or so. And I'm thinking, oh, I've got him here. He can't go anywhere else. And he chipped me, (laughs) (laughs) and he came from like nowhere. And I was like, oh my god, how good is he? (laughs) Uh, Like I say, you know, you you always you always wonder, like, oh, am I good enough? I'm, you know, should I really be here? And and something like when you said that, it just something that I totally remember that feeling. Well, I, I met England training sessions. They were the harder. They were harder than games. They were the hardest thing I ever did. And to, and you had like John Barnes, Chrissy Waddle, Peter Beardsley, Gary Lineker's yeah. going. At you. Yeah, oh my goodness! I didn't. It was really difficult. And as soon as I'd finished the training, the last training session before the game, I was relieved because I knew the game would never be as difficult as that. So mm-hmm. uh, I used to look forward to it because it was a real. It's a real challenge to do well. But I always remember you. I remember the, the, the overriding sort of memory I have of you is a disappointing one for you when you missed the World Cup in 1990. And Paul yeah. Parker, Paul Parker of all, of all people, he smashed the ball and it broke your thumb. I remember yeah. that. 
Oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. So sorry for you. I really did. Yeah, because I was there. I was there for the first two games. I think it was. Yeah, as the the Ireland game, the one before that, and then like you say, you know, I broke my thumb and I had to go home. And I'd, I'd only just signed for Arsenal then. And I had to so straight from the hospital, knowing that I'd got a broken thumb. I then had to go and see. I went straight to the marina in Sardinia where David Dean and George Graham were in a boat <laughs> to go and see them straight away to make sure that everything was going to be okay. Wow. Yeah, and, and then I came back and then I had to go back home yeah, and get all sorted mm-hmm. out. But uh, Yeah, I remember that was, I mean, that was a horrific feeling because you you got yourself ready for a World Cup and yeah. you know, you're in the squad and all that sort of thing. And then you had to pull out. It was, oh, yeah. I felt so, so, I really felt so sorry yeah. for you. So that was no, awful. I was, I think it's training, it was, it, training had finished. There was, you took your gloves off, training had finished, and then Paul yeah. Parker smashed the ball from I don't know, 20, 30 yards away. Um, and I weren't even looking. I weren't even looking at him, and he just, just hit no, me. Down. Yeah. It's not like Paul Parker to pass yeah. training the player. So, I mean, there we Trust go. Trust me, I'm reminding him about it. Terry, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, on a serious note, over, over the last year, it's been very, very prominent about heading of the ball. And this hmm. is an era when, when you did it so much. Has it, has it ever concerned you looking back on your career um yeah it does it does concern me greatly because a lot of good friends you know big dave watson um from sunland and man city he's um he's struggling there's loads of players that are struggling now terry mcdermott well you know it's so many superstars great players great professionals good friends yeah you do worry yeah um so, you know, and you sort of look out for signs, but I, 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 you know, there's no point worrying. you just got to get on with your life. If it happens, it happens. It's too late now. But I've, I've done a lot with like Head for Change as well, where I, I do see football becoming head, heading free. Um, and I think we, we will reach that stage at, at some point, but um, there's still some great goals scored with headers and set pieces are, are, are different. But then you look at Manchester City, the way they play, they very rarely put, looping long crosses into the box. They very rarely play a, a ball forward that's a 50-50. Um, the only thing I can't stand now are throw-ins. You look at throw-ins and they throw the ball down the line and there's a 50-50 challenge. Now, yeah. in this modern era of technology and data and all this and, and uh, analysts, you would have thought that look, you know, your, your, your retention on throw-ins is poor. You know, that's about the only feature where your, your, your ball retention is poor. So, Throw to feet, throw the you know, movement, throw to feet all the time. And then you then you retain the ball. I don't see anything anything wrong with that. But now they've got to throw it down the line. There's a fight for the ball. There's collisions and all these kind of things. Arms go up and all that sort of thing. That's dangerous. I think that is really dangerous. But you know you wouldn't want footballers in the future to to head the ball, keep on heading the ball and suffer from dementia or possible um, concussions and all these sort of things. So yeah, one day hopefully it, it, it will be stopped. And clearly the ball has changed. It's much lighter than, than when you were playing with it and it would have been much heavier prior to you being involved. But um, is it the training element that, that maybe could be the starting point? Because I think heading a ball in some matches is probably not going to be the repetitive nature yeah. that's caused a lot of the issues. A lot of it was because people, I know from being friends with Hayley McQueen that Gordon used to stay behind and, and just head for about half an hour after training. He used to, he used to voluntarily do that. So do you think there's something around the training techniques and, and um, protocols that, that yeah, could be well, a good starting point? In the academies, they're already doing that now. You're limited to a certain amount of heading you can do. We never, I was with the, Ipswich under 23s last season and they 
they we very rarely in fact I was the only one that sort of did a little bit of heading especially for defenders when balls come in the box to head it clear and all that sort of thing but it wasn't a lot of headers at all it was the repetitive like two three hour sessions of heading the ball and and yeah I was lucky to be in the generation now which was different to Gordon McQueen they was a little bit older than me where they had these heavy balls and they were heading them but our balls that we had at, at Ipswich they were heavy as well and they and they were pumped up too much sometimes and it, it, it really if you caught one wrong on the top of your head oh, blimey it really and, and normally the, boys, the, the balls that you used to get they were like the old match balls weren't they you know so there were yeah. balls that weren't top condition you yeah. know they'd, and they'd, they'd soak in the water as well you know like nowadays the training balls are exactly the same as match balls yeah. you know they're, well, they're all been, more or less brand new and we, we, we never had that and I, you know I yeah. wish we did but Clubs couldn't afford the balls. I know they got a lot of the balls free from, the, you know, the, the the makers and Mitre and all these people. But you know, there, there wasn't a, there weren't a lot of balls. So you know, you you had to make. Then you had the same old we call them like cannonballs or puddings. Remember, they were flipping awful. Yeah. They were awful, and uh, they weren't even shaped properly like eggs and all that sort of thing, weren't they? <laughs> That's true. I remember that. Even the even the, yeah. even, the foot, even the footballs got concussion. It was remarkable. <laughs> 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 one one thing I want to ask you about as well is what's happened to the near post flick? <laughs> I know. <laughs> do you you I don't know. see it now, do you? Do you? you know, and, and like with that, no. like almost like every team was doing a little flick at the near post on yeah. corners. Yeah, I remember Stoke would usually do it as well. Brendan O'Connell, I think it was. Yeah, and, well, uh, Arsenal were really good at it. The Arsenal were really good at it. I was, I was, I used to head a lot of balls, flick the balls on the, the near post. That's yeah. why I've lost a lot of my hair at the front. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, I don't know. It's a, it's an art just to clip a little ball in, you know. Yeah. A lot, a lot play, a lot play short corners and all this work. Oh, all this don't play. get me started on short corners. I, <laughs> if you can remove the heading, can you remove short corners? <laughs> if you remove, I don't the know head, you can. You would get more short. You would get <laughs> yeah, more yeah, short yeah. corners. Yeah. yeah. So no, but no, I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's about the repetition in training for the heading. And it's about we look at Jimenez of Wolves when he you know he has had a, he had a fractured skull and you know, the collisions the possibility the risk of collisions as well when it comes to um, to heading the ball so you know for long balls played forward and all that sort of thing but I loved the long ball forward it wasn't a, a punt into an area in, in terms of like just smash it anywhere it was I could hit 30, you know, 40, 50, 60 yard balls my my favourite was a diagonal sixty yards across the pitch to the opposite side. I used to love. I used to love doing that. So you must like you know. watching uh, Anderson at Palace, Joachim Anderson. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he, I, 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 I thought that. I thought he got a bit of a range, like like you did from yeah. out the back. Yeah, yeah, out <laughs> the back. Yeah. I mean, you know, a, a forward pass is still a pass. A pass, a sixty-yard pass is still a pass. But you know, a lot of people don't. Well, you can't do that now because it's you've got to play through the midfield, or you've got to get your fullbacks up high, and all that sort of thing as well. And I, I. I think it was Kyle Walker said a point where the balls, if the balls at Manchester City, if the balls played out to him as a right back, his first touch has got to be back because it, as it's played out to him, the movement comes or the strikers comes and when he controls the ball and plays it back, then the movement happens. So then they can play it forward from like the centre half can play it forward. But we were always told as fullbacks, so I did play left back for a few games the biggest left back in the world but I to, <laughs> I had to try and open my body up you know my fo- football uh, fullbacks ball comes open your body up then you can first touch forward then you can play a pass into your into your two strikers as, the, as it normally was in those days but 
I do get frustrated when they keep playing it back to the centre halves. The centre halves have more touches than the midfield players and strikers. Yeah. But I can't let you go before I get your opinion on who you think is going to win the Premier League. Well, I think it's already won, to be honest. Do you? Yeah. You think yeah. it's that? Yeah. And I think because they lost Aguero, um, They've, they've, they haven't really replaced him because they've got players that can make very comfortable in that position. You know, the Sterlings and the, the, the Bruyners and the Fodens and all these people are just, they, they, they do produce some lovely, lovely football. And it's, Silver, and it's, Gundogan. I mean, we just keep going yeah, on, don't we? <laughs> they do, Silver. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I love Silver. He's, I mean, you, you thought with all the players that they've lost recently, in particular, they would struggle, but they, they're very consistent. They're very strong. Um, and you know, with the keepers that with the keeper that they've got, Liverpool have got. It's no wonder that they're the best two teams in in the division. Yeah. Butch, it's been amazing having you on, mate. Thank <laughs> you very much. I've got to say, by the way, thank you, a special thank you for you because I remember you being one of the guys that came over to me and made me feel welcome when I first joined England. So, thanks oh, I? I I never forgot that, mate. Yeah. Oh. I have, what I should have said to them to you was um, was. Uh, yeah, either, either, no, if you don't make it I'm going to bat you so, uh, <laughs> yeah this is our kingdom this is our, kingdom. <laughs> our place we invented the game it's our game it's our ball oh, don't get me started though. Don't oh, get me started. Oh, I mean, I mean that's a lot mate the dressing room you remember the England dressing room when all the police on the escort you know, the, 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 the outriders used to come in for autographs before the game oh. It's like a meeting point. It was like Piccadilly Circus. It was unbelievable. No, it's, great it's great to talk to you because it just stirs up so many good, good memories and, yeah. and good feelings. And like, you know, like you, we had a great. You know, like you were laughing all the time. We had a great laugh, didn't we? We had a fantastic time. Really did. Yeah, brilliant, mate. Thanks very much, mate. You take care. Yeah. Lovely well, to chat, you, Lindsay. Take care. Thanks yeah, very much. Bye. 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 This is a listening dog media production. Sports Social Podcast Network.